0: Daniel Levine, and this is the Big Four Bio Podcast. The BioHealth Capital Region, which includes Maryland, Virginia, and Washington, D.C., Is home to the federal government, including the National Institutes of Health and the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. The region is the fourth largest in terms of biotech jobs and sixth in venture capital funding. We spoke to Uliana Desiderio, Director of Life Sciences for the Maryland Department of Commerce, about biotech in the BioHealth Capital Region, the thriving ecosystem for industry to grow, and what's ahead for biotech there.
1: Uliana, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much, I am excited to be here.
0: We're gonna talk about biotech in the capital region covering Washington DC, Maryland and Virginia, its strengths and what distinguishes it. Perhaps we can start with a brief overview. How big a presence does biotech have in the region?
1: Well, you know, I think, um, the biohealth capital region, if you're thinking about Maryland, DC, Northern Virginia, depending on the day and depending on whom you ask, we are third, third or fourth a largest cluster in the life sciences and biotech. So we're pretty sizable, coming behind our friends in Massachusetts, California, and New York, New Jersey area. So we have such a large contingent of very Diverse kind of biotech and also met tech. And of course, our federal agencies that are in this area feed a lot of that innovation. So the the innovation engine of the capital region and Maryland is is cranking out these companies in th- this biotech economy um, pretty pretty well. When
0: did biotech start to emerge as having a significant presence in the region? And was there anything that catalyzed this?
1: You know, I think that it depends on, who, again, who you ask, but my personal thought about this, I think about where innovation begins, right? So we have universities here, we have anchor universities, we have over 50 universities and colleges here, but of course, our, our jewels in the crown, our university system in Maryland, Johns Hopkins University, a lot of stuff is happening there. So as long as these universities have been around, and doing research and development and then moving into commercialization that, you know, this, this, this kind of, um, research development conversation and then company beginning and growing is, is happening from the universities. But I have mentioned before the federal agencies, the NIH is here, right? The, the human genome was decoded here. A lot of things that this industry needs, including its funding, it's regulation by FDA, also here in Maryland, and then reimbursement and payments for some of this for our, our public health care system, CMS, is also here. So Department of Defense is here. We have a lot of military installations in this area. Washington, D.C., as you know, that's where all decisions are being made. So I think that we have a very long and a very kind of successful Growth of industry here because of because of that's where ideas are born and most importantly that's where the workforce is to, to you know put the side put this idea in reality. Uh, Maryland boasts the most educated workforce in the United States and if you can't you know PhDs engineers and a kind of STEM career. So I think that combination of where these ideas start and the expertise of people who can put these ideas into play is what makes this a very uh, long and successful growing cluster.
0: What are some of the significant players in the region and does it have any particular strengths?
1: You know, I I mentioned the human genome project before and kind of understanding of molecular and precision medicine. I think that uh, we have a very strong, um, expertise in gene and cellular therapies and anything that's related to kind of precision diagnostics. So things like liquid biopsies, um, oncology diagnostics are, are, were, we're, we're discovered here and we're commercialized here. We're very, you know, proud of some of these things. Um, a lot of neuroscience and neurotech is also big here. Um, brain surgery, anything to do with traumatic uh, trauma of the brain. Also, our universities are have been have been on the forefront of these discoveries and treatment of these patients. But if you look at our um, the the makeup of our biotech and medtech here, we're we're pretty diverse. I mean, oncology you you think about. You know, kind of areas with the biggest morbidities, mortalities. We're pretty spread out. Oncology, you know, these chronic diseases, diabetes, infectious diseases. Right. We have Uzamard nearby. Um, very important vaccine development. Um, Over uh, the pandemic, we've shown our strengths in vaccine development and because we have a lot of expertise here, a lot of vaccine developers and manufacturers, most importantly, not only just R&D, but contract manufacturing and other manufacturing companies that can mass produce some of these um, things that are important for vaccines, but also for diagnostics or COVID tests. A lot of our companies pivoted to develop these tests right here in Maryland. So I think that, I would say, Oncology, vaccines, cell and gene therapies, and neurotech is, is kind of our historically biggest strength. But um, it's, pretty, it's pretty diverse and it's pretty spread out. I think people see an opportunity. People see sciences moving forward. There's a lot of interesting stuff happening in science. And I think that a good idea is developed and somebody over here that's smart and just runs with it. So we're pretty, we're pretty grateful to have a lot of different kind of expertise here.
0: We think about biotech companies existing in an ecosystem, not just the companies, but academic research and venture capital. What's the research and investment landscape like, and are there incubators and accelerators helping to give life to new companies?
1: Yes, you're right. I think that you know, there's, right there's ideas and there's people, but then all of these, all of these things have to have kind of an infrastructure and a community to, to, to help to help them grow and and mature so we're very uh grateful that in maryland we have over 50 accelerators and incubators and we actually the state of maryland office of life sciences has a life sciences directory of all the companies and incubators accelerators that is free for anybody to use um and you can find one and these incubators and accelerators provide as you know all of these wonderful services for young companies that are starting that need some mentorship, um, they they need you know whether that's pitch deck, whether that's networking, whether that's con- connections to VCs. We also have a a lot of kind of ecosystem partners, right? So um, so we have a, a couple of state funds. Uh, an organization called Tedco is is a is a state. Quasi state fund has a lot of funds for seed and after, including some cl- clinical trial funds. Uh, we have other organizations that fund, you know, directly companies, but we also have other organizations that provide this kind of mentoring, venture mentoring service. Our, organiz- our organization, Maryland Tech Council, is our sister organization that is the technology organization that is membership is made of companies in here in Maryland. And they do wonderful services and a lot of mentorship services for for companies in our state. One of their wonderful programs is is something called Venture Mentoring Service, where a company can apply and and based on their needs and where they are in in their growing period, you know, a bunch of volunteers just come together and get assigned and they get assigned a team of four or mentors to get through whatever they need to get through. And this is a program that has been very successful in MIT. And I think that the Maryland Tech Council, Council has licensed it and grown it to help a lot of companies through just that kind of mentoring. And it's everybody kind of gets together and helps each other out and i know that you asked about venture and other sources we we have a strong um private sector here maybe it's not as 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 large as as private um vcs in california and maryland but i have to tell you um this pandemic i think and just the reality of how people connect and how people do business has really shown that I think homegrown capital is very important, and I don't want to say that it's not. But Maryland companies are very competitive and have shown that in 2022 and 23, they are are very competitive and and are just as competitive as other companies in seeking capital outside of Maryland or even outside of East Coast. So I think that there's always going to be this very important driver of local vc but i think that hopefully with 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 times and zooms and everything else and how people connect you know things are changing and i think that our companies have been very successful raising uh capital during the pandemic when they couldn't travel anywhere and i really really hope that that this trend continues moving forward so that both for the investment community and for the companies you know it's a win-win where you can actually do this over a distance and it doesn't really matter where you are. It's the technology and it's the, you know, the team that's important to to raise the capital. So I'm really looking forward to see how that trend plays out. What
0: makes the region attractive for industry stakeholders, whether it's investors, job seekers, or companies looking to find space?
1: Well, I think that I have mentioned our workforce before. I think in the end of the day, people are going to want to, go where other people like them are and people who can again either either do the research and development or or transform these ideas into reality. So uh the capital region, Maryland in particular, boasts probably the best available workforce and very competitive workforce and very educated workforce. So when we're thinking about, you know, large players like, you know, we have AstraZeneca, we have Kite. Kite has the largest facility here for their CAR T therapy. We have Glasshouse McLean. We're very, we're very grateful to have a lot of big companies that that are coming here because they really want to tap into the workforce that's coming out of our universities and also places like NIH and and DoD and all the other military installations that do R and D. That that's number one. Number two, you know, is is proximity, right? To to people to people and ideas of of where you can actually test drive or you can work with some of the top experts in the world on some of these diseases. And again, that brings me back to NIH and other research agencies and also our University of Johns Hopkins in Maryland. And, you know, if you want if you want Hopkins, you know, APL or if you want somebody who not understands oncology or or, or brain trauma, this is the people where you, you're gonna wanna touch. Third, I think for when you said, when you mentioned site selection, Maryland is very competitive and the cost of doing business in Maryland is much lower than in those other clusters that I mentioned that are in the top three. So we're always very, you know, grateful for for our leadership in our state that is business friendly and is very supportive of economic development and business development in our state and attracting businesses to Maryland, most importantly, retaining business in Maryland, because, you know... Whether whether you're renting just a couple of offices and a couple of labs, or you're building a brand new facility, uh, that that is much more doable in Maryland in terms of costs than it is in some of these other high high value uh, places like California or, or or Massachusetts. Although, you know, I think uh, we we kind of have these having these conversations about the cost of real estate development and life sciences and how uh, what what a different kind of investment that requires. And I think everybody's understanding that, you know, the industry is growing so much that a, a little bit more of that needs to be happening. And it's certainly a different, different uh, model for some of these um, players in the space. So, and I will say one last time that proximity to decision makers is very important. It it makes a huge difference when you can just get in the car and drive to the FDA for 20 minutes and, and ha- have that meeting that you need to have or you need to meet somebody with the, at the NIH, or you have a meeting with CMS. I think that this, this kind of expertise, right, and access to all the other things outside of your science that need to happen to get your product to the market is very important. And I think that, you know, in, in, in Maryland, everything is within about an hour drive in terms of the, the decision maker. So I think that makes Maryland very, very attractive for folks
0: is there a strong existing pool of talent that would allow companies that go there to to build the staffs they need to grow?
1: Yes, I think that Maryland has has talent and that is why we're so attractive to a lot of these companies because between our universities and colleges we produce like I said the the, the more STEM Kind of workforce per capita than than anywhere else, and we have um, more PhDs and engineers in the state of Maryland than actually anywhere else. But I I want to say something about different kind of workforce and different kind of jobs for this industry. You know, I mentioned before that we're very strong in biomanufacturing, and and I think that it's very important to acknowledge the industry that's looking at not necessarily R&D workforce that requires an advanced degree, a four-year degree or an advanced degree. I think there's a lot of opportunities um, in, in this industry and particularly in Maryland for some of these biomanufacturing jobs for for people to just come in at an entry level or a mid-level. And some of these jobs really don't require an advanced degree or even a four-year degree. And our, I have to say our community colleges have really stepped up, have been cranking out, Associates pr- programs and degrees for some of these biomanufacturing, man- bi- bioprocessing jobs. They've been doing a great job um, reaching out to high schools and and middle schools and getting kids thinking about entering this um, industry early and, and kind of breaking those barriers about, you know, you could also, you know, you, your first job could be biotech. Um, do you know that you can get this job? in this company that does these things right out of high school with some specialized training yeah but you can you can also have this job and I think it's really important to understand that this industry is trying to be is looking for opportunities to expand and build that pipeline of 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 workforce and and realize that you know they need to do this outreach to our public schools and private schools, and 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 get the younger people interested in some for some of these jobs. So I've been really pleased to to kind of see that happen and and make this industry more inclusive for everybody. Whether you're a career changer or this is your first job, and and start start thinking about you know skill sets and training versus degrees. And then high education is always going to be very important, but there there's a difference between you know a highly trained position. Uh, versus a research position. And I also wanted to mention that Maryland has a couple of apprenticeship positions that is specifically for life sciences, which is relatively unusual, but super exciting to see um, individuals who can learn while they earn. So I, I think that I'm looking forward to supporting these programs and supporting these uh, these workforce development opportunities to to feed the pipeline to feed this workforce that does not necessarily um phds and up
0: if someone wanted to learn about the industry in the region what do you suggest is the best way for them to educate themselves and get a lay of the land
1: well hopefully they'll uh Google Maryland Department of Commerce and find our office and uh, anybody in commerce is really um, or in, anywhere in Maryland will work work together to get a conversation started and we'll refer everybody to one another. We do have uh, some local conferences that we reach out and attract folks to, um, especially the Maryland Tech Council, Maryland uh, Life Sciences does a, does a big, wonderful uh, local conference that covers the entire region in the fall and we have another uh co- conference called um Biohealth Capital Region Forum exactly uh kind of the name of your uh, of our conversation that that pulls from DC and Virginia also in September that just just kind of sometimes pulls also people from Pennsylvania and North Carolina and it's it's kind of nice to talk about mid-Atlantic things or talk about what's happening in each cluster and, and people like, I didn't really realize this, this happened in Maryland and we should talk about more. But I also say that we, as a department of of commerce, we do a lot of outreach at, um, uh, you know, conferences that are all over the world. And for, in fact, we will be uh, at bio, we have a pavilion, we generally do a lot of, um, Maryland kind of focused things. We bring a delegation of companies, our Secretary of Commerce is attending this year, and we do a big networking reception that we, ho- we hope to introduce Maryland to to our existing partners and also uh, those who are thinking about learning more. Uh, on the MedTech side, we usually go to the MedTech conference uh, that is organized by AdvaMed, and it's going to be in California this fall. So we'll have a presence there. Our international team goes to a lot of international conferences where Maryland has a presence, and of course, we 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 do we do try to market Maryland all over the the country, and sometimes uh, in some of our international some of these international round international shows to really show that, you know, Maryland a great destination. What where, really wherever you end up, you in whatever you end up in the capital region, these are the These are the things that you need to know about while you're thinking about, say, coming to the U.S. or expanding in the U.S. and especially in the East Coast. So we, we, you know, we try to get our name out there. We have wonderful partners that are working with us, partners like you that I get to talk to sometimes and talk about Maryland. So it's always a great opportunity to to get our name out there and and to, to have to have people think about Maryland twice or maybe start thinking about Maryland.
0: As you think about the challenges that companies in the region face, are there specific challenges to the region or are they the same challenges that these companies are facing across the country?
1: Yeah, I would say that there's nothing that is specific to Maryland. I think we're all are in this different kind of economy, post-pandemic economy. Um, I think everybody is getting used to the new reality of um, slightly longer timelines for some of these raises, some of this capital flowing to biotech. Um, you know, I, I think the money's still there. The, the opportunity is still there. Things are just taking a little longer. Um, things are just maybe a smaller checks. Um, but, and I, and I think that this is something that's natural, something that's normal. And I think folks are pretty used to these kinds of cycles. I don't think it's a Maryland specific thing. I think everybody's just, um, dealing with it the best they can. I I mentioned, you know, um, we, 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 we would rather, uh, like to grow our local Pool of of investors and local VCs and Maryland actually uh, has uh, a couple of programs. The Department of Commerce has a, a couple of unusual programs that incentivize investors uh, in biotech companies. That's relatively unusual. We have a couple of programs that are focused specifically on investors. So, if you are a biotech company in Maryland and you qualify for this program your investors can get anywhere from 33 to 50% of their investment back um, because the state of Maryland supports investment and, in our company. So, uh, and, and I think that that really helps our companies raise funds from everywhere because you don't have to be a Maryland investor. You just have to be investing in the Maryland company. And I think that's something that we try to promote and we try to understand that we have wonderful companies here that, 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 deserve your investment and if you invested with a Maryland company, your dollar goes goes that much further because the state of Maryland matches you for it. So I think that that's something that I think is going to be specifically in in the years when there's you know the capital flows a little bit slower. Um I, I think that's going to be a very a very popular and a very good program. And that's something that our companies really, really like when they're out there raising and they'll be able to tell their investors about what that means for them when they invest in their company.
0: How welcoming is the region to biotech companies? Are there things like tax incentives and fast-track permitting?
1: Yes, I think Maryland offers very competitive um, incentives, uh, whether that's grants, loans, tax incentives. I I really enjoy working with our business development and business attraction team because the thing I like about Maryland and i i I think that's something that companies that we attract to really like is that uh maryland state incentives uh what that's like i mentioned loans grants um tax credits we have things that are industry specific we have things that are specific for job creation we have a couple of special programs that are focused on manufacturing and all those other things I think that what I really like about how maryland attracts businesses is that we work really closely with our county and city counterparts. In other words, if you decided to come to Montgomery County and Rockville in Maryland, then we, Department of Commerce, work really closely with the city of Rockville and Montgomery County Economic Development Corporation. And we stack our incentives. All of our incentives are stackable. They, and then the company gets one, one offer letter. From the entire state that that includes a county that includes a city includes a state so that based on the conversation with the company and the kind of things they want to do here you get one letter and it has the entire plan the entire roadmap of what it is that we agreed that we're going to get into this partnership together and i think that that's something that I've heard really great feedback uh, from companies that are, that are working with Maryland and establishing a, a presence here because it's, it's just that few things to navigate because no matter what your front door is, you will still get all of these stackable benefits that work together to get the maximum attraction package for our companies. So I think that Maryland is very competitive based on our incentives and obviously I mentioned based on our kind of cost of doing business and cost of land and, and development and real estate and do, all of those things. So I think that we are really well positioned to continue to grow our homegrown industry here and retain companies that are growing, but also attract companies. And that's, again, what, what we'll be doing in upcoming conferences, including bio. What's
0: the quality and availability of infrastructure that industry needs to
1: grow? We have wonderful partners in in Maryland that um, are working really closely with companies that are already here, that are expanding, or are building spec space for companies that we know are coming. So uh, we have a lot of different opportunities here. We have a lot of wonderful infrastructure. This is another thing I was saying. You know, Maryland is so used to life sciences and biotech that you know it's a very you know we had a long history of having of having this kind of industry here, the kind of infrastructure that's developed here, everybody, all the cities, all the offices, all of the people who build, people who invest, people who operate are very used to this kind of industry and supportive of this industry. So, you know, things move fast, things move forward. There's, you know, certainly appreciation for for this industry here. So I would say um, there will always be a need for, for research development facilities in the White Lab space. And we have a wonderful um, kind of uh, showcase of different spaces we have across the state. Um, We have everything from kind of research park sites to smaller offices, as I mentioned before, um, smaller research parks, or even, you know, a lab or two or or an office or two. We also have this program called um, Soft Landing for international companies who are trying to just you know kind of get their bearings in the United States and and start their first United States office. So we' worked with our uh, incubators and and accelerators to subsidize some of the rent that we have uh, for whether wet labs or offices of of companies that are specifically coming from the uh, from from outside of the us. But I will say that it depends on where you are. I mean, in Montgomery County, and along, along the 270 corridor from the Frederick, there's a lot of availability. It depends, you know, that's why it's so—it's always so great to give companies a menu of options saying, hey, where well, what do you want to be? Do you want to be suburban? Do you want to have a research park? Do you want a campus feel? Do you want to be urban? You know, in Baltimore City, we have, you know, the two bioparks. We have a, a med tech incubator. We have a couple of other things. You know, there's a lot of wet lab in space coming coming online. Uh, hopefully, in the city, that's that's you know that's a very different environment, and depends on where people want to be. But I will say this: um, there is there is this uh, wonderful opportunity that we have in Maryland, where we have the space, the expertise to build, to operate, and also to staff things like manufacturing, biomanufacturing, bioprocessing. So when when folks are thinking about okay, my science is moving into a clinical phase where we're going we're getting ready to for our approval for our product, and now we're going to have to produce that's where Maryland really shines because I think um, we have the, the land we have the availability of for some of the for some of these large manufacturing operations. We have a lot of incentives to establish that uh, in Maryland, so that's why we've been really successful in these kinds of manufacturing operations. Um, to attract the kind of companies who are thinking of whether they're contract manufacturers or companies that have their own manufacturing that they're they're trying to manufacture the product and want to keep it in house so i think again during the pandemic we saw that the manufacturing supply chain you know is fragile and folks are folks are really thinking about how to keep their supply chains for manufacturing global and also local so again we'll be really interested to see how this plays out and we're again very competitive in terms of having these establishments here already growing them and also attracting new ones
0: now that big four bio is starting an addition for the region how do you see that benefiting the biotech community there
1: well, listen, I think that we we always appreciate the opportunity to highlight all of the things we talked about today, right? To highlight all of the assets we have here, all of the players we have here. It's always great to have another player thinking about this region and celebrating our successes and really serving, you know, as, as another, you know, another kind of bullhorn to amplify the message that we have about all the different things and all the different opportunities we have here. I think that um, I think we can talk about what we have in the capital region and what folks are doing. Um, and then I think it's for the industry as a whole outside of the capital region, I think it's important to celebrate the things that they do. And the end of the day, this this industry serves patients. There are patients waiting for for these treatments, for these diagnostics, for some of the things these companies are working so tirelessly on. And I think it's wonderful to you know, celebrate this industry to celebrate this region also, yes. But also this industry and all the different and all the different things that have to happen for something to hit the market, something that, you know, can be transformative for for people in the United States and also across the world. So I think to me for me to have another partner like you, you know, thinking about this region, looking at all the different assets, kind of promoting what's happening here thinking about what this what this what what this region needs to keep growing to 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 maintain its strength um, is it just a wonderful addition to our ecosystem and our community because I think that if 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 the capital region wins and this industry is strong, we all win
0: as you think about upcoming developments in the year ahead, what should people be looking for in the capital region?
1: well listen, I think that Um, we are certainly on the lookout for our companies uh, moving into from from preclinical to clinical stage, right? So we always have a a bunch of companies, kind of a bolus of companies that is just starting and is going through the research and development. And then it's super exciting to see our homegrown companies or companies that moved here to hit those wonderful milestones and start you know actually going going into the clinic and 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 the clinical trials read out and then eventually they get approval and this 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 hits the market so in terms of products hitting the market we're just really excited to to see some other companies moving into into that um clinical stage and seeing what they're are going to do with with that because I think that's exciting i think for me one of the things that I would like to see and something that I, I am preparing for and getting um, my, my hands around is that, you know, we have a very strong biotech sector that's, I mentioned historically, very well developed and, and runs through its, its kind of innovation, research and development commercialization product. What I think that uh, we can do in the next couple of years that I'm looking forward to uh, doing actually is uh, focusing a little bit more on our med tech sector. The medical technologies that are diagnostics or remote patient monitoring or digital devices, um, I think are becoming very important. and, And it's a very strong sector here in Maryland as well. And what I'd like to see is having, we have all of these assets that, support this innovation in medical technologies. And what I'd like to see is, is to see how we can bring our universities, our private sectors, our funders, but most importantly, our regulators and our payers together to deal with some of this innovation. Because the medical technology pathway from research and development, commercialization, approval, and reimbursement is very different from biotech. It's not dissimilar, but it's different and what i would like to see is having all these assets come together because they're right here in maryland they're they're all here we can get them all together and figure out how we can work with the fda with the cms and uh, private payers here to think about transformative technologies that would transform healthcare delivery or or healthcare for for people with chronic diseases for people who for whom there are are just not enough treatments, and the new agency RPH that that is being established under HHS, HHS is is going to look into that, and we're really looking forward to working with the new agency to to figure out how to do some of this high risks, high reward um, innovation that that doesn't take to. Too long to get to the patient. And I think the medical devices and the medical technology is a, a great kind of um, industry to focus on because of the way this technology can be developed and uh, regulated and, and used in patients. So I, what I'm looking forward to is 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 capitalizing, no pun intended, on the capital region's assets of these agencies who are thinking about big problems in healthcare. Big solutions and getting all the right players up front in the room together where they can innovate at the same time as they're thinking about regulatory and reimbursement pathways. That to me is something that I think that we can do better and faster and we have all the right right pieces right here in Maryland.
0: Liliana Desiderio, Director of Life Sciences for the Maryland Department of Commerce. Liliana, thanks so much for your time today.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: Thanks for listening. The Big 4 Bio podcast is brought to you by Big 4 Bio, the leading aggregator service of the top life sciences regions around the world. To subscribe for free to Big 4 Bio's daily newsletters, go to big 4 Bio. Com. This podcast is produced by the Levine Media Group for Big Four by Our theme music is provided for the podcast by the Jonah Levine Collector and appears on the album Attention Deficit on Alpha Pup Records.